0: On today's episode, we're going to talk about some handlebar risers that are probably the most adjustable risers on the market. We also have a couple of fellows that have started a charity to help get veterans out for what they call dirt therapy through motorcycling. My name's Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We got a good one for you.
1: Shall we begin? Shall we begin?
0: Shall we begin? Oh, shall? Max BMW Motorcycles has been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. They've got 45,000 parts and accessories online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. And you can sign up for their e-rider newsletter, too. It's free at maxbmw.com. That's maxbmw.com. Best Dress Products is home of the Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire Iron B-Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. Whether you're on the road or off the road, you'll want a compact and reliable tire inflation method. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system. It'll inflate a flat tire in less than three minutes. It's the one we use here at Adventure Rider Radio. Made in the USA, and it comes with a lifetime warranty. The crew at Best Rest are adventure riders themselves, so they know what you want when you're exploring the world. Visit them at www.cyclepump.com. That's www.cyclepump.com. Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into motorcycle luggage using this unique strapping system, and it's easy to switch from one bike to another. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is all tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse of adventure riding. You've got to check out the buckles, the straps, the whole bit. www.greenchiliadv.com That's www.greenchiliadv.com Hi, I'm Sam Manicum, Nick Sanders, Terry Borden, Sandy Borden, Jack Borden, Graham Field, Austin Vince, Jason Spafford. Lisa Murray, David Peterson, Rachel, Ed March, Glenn Hickstead, Dr. Gregory W. Fraser, Dave Barr,
2: Michelle Lanphier,
0: Tiffany Coates, Herbert Schwartz. Brett Tatt. Zoe Cannell, Nathan Millward, Graham Hoskins, Joe Ross, Jeremy Krieger. Simon
1: Thomas, Lisa Thomas,
0: Simon Pavey, Grant Johnson, Robert Wick, Seth Simon, Elizabeth
1: Martin, hey, I'm Carol DeVell, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio.
0: You know the saying... You'll never see a motorcycle parked in front of a psychiatrist's office. Well, although that's sort of meant to be tongue-in-cheek, it does have a certain degree of truth in the statement. And I think most of us can attest to the fact that riding a bike can clear your head. I know I've had the experience of riding to work and back, and those commutes, which would be a pain in the vehicle, or at least something I don't really think about, were something that I look forward to each day. As the day ended, I found myself looking forward to getting on my bike for the short ride home. You know, you can start out feeling bad, you get on your bike, you do a short ride, and it like resets your mind. It clears things out. You gain perspective all from a simple ride. Well, no one knows that better than the fellow coming up, Morgan Northrup. Morgan is a vet that suffers from PTSD, and he says adventure riding saved his life. So in an effort to give back to help other people with similar problems, Morgan started a program called Veterans Back 40 Adventure and he enlisted the help of his friend, Chet Mainwaring, to help him get it going.
1: My name is uh, Morgan Northrup. Uh, I live in Battleground, Washington, and I am the founder of uh, Veterans Back 40 Adventure.
0: Morgan, welcome to Adventure Rider Radio. Thank
1: you. Glad to be here.
0: Morgan, let's start at the beginning. What got you to where you are right now?
1: Um, I guess, <laughs> kind of a long story here, but um, let's let's start off. We're uh, right out of high school. Um, I joined the military in two thousand, right out of high school. Uh, shortly after that, um, when all the deployments started, uh, I took an all- expenses paid trip to Iraq. and uh, so uh, <laughs> I saw a lot of things, you know, the uh, the average twenty year old, uh, you know, doesn't ever really see. And uh, after the military life was over, um, I stayed doing government contract work, um also deployed uh, as a force protection officer uh, in Kuwait. And while I was there, I also uh, took another job working as a uh, Bradley track vehicle mechanic. Uh, and this was all in Kuwait. So I did two deployments, one as a civilian and one in, uh, as uh, uh, in the military. So uh, after all that was done, um, I ended up becoming a police officer for uh, uh, a town in Tennessee called Clarksville. So I did that for several years. And uh, life was, uh, was kind of getting really bad for me, uh, my anxiety, depression, and just a lot of the stuff that I had seen over the years, um, you know, it was really getting to me. Um, so I decided to go to the Veterans Affairs office and, uh, you know, the thought of PTSD was so far from my mind, you know, I thought that was for, uh, you know, somebody else. And, uh, and it got to the point where I thought, you know, life would be, um, a lot simpler if I wasn't around. And, uh, luckily, you know, my faith in God and my dad, uh, said, you know what, um, I know the problems that you're having with work and keeping the family afloat. So what he did is he uh, bought me a plane ticket to Colorado for a veterans nonprofit program called motorcycle relief project. And, uh, to be honest with you, I thought, you know, adventure bikes were for the older generation guys. And, you know, I was, I was definitely wrong in that situation. Um, you know, the go anywhere, do anything type bike, uh, changed my whole thought process on anything. You know, I could get to places that, uh, normal bikes couldn't. Uh, I felt like, uh, you know, I, when I finally got my first dual sport bike, I was, I was like, man, this is awesome. I'm finally riding in places that people probably haven't ridden in or stepped foot in in over 100 years. Um, and and I finally felt like there was there was peace, you know, kind of in, like in, in my heart. Um, so, you know, as a combat veteran and a former police officer, I know what adventure bikes and God can do uh, for somebody's self-worth. And that's why I'm doing this program.
0: So can I ask about the PTSD, I mean, and, and what your life was like before that? I mean, is that pushing too much?
1: No, not at all. Not at all. I, uh, I don't have a problem talking about it at all. Um,
0: I'm just sort of so, curious. Like you, you, you know, you said life got really tough. Like, what are we talking about here? So, sort of, you know, to give us a, um, an idea.
1: So uh, it, it got real bad where I was about uh, right after the police department, I took a job working on a train and I was about ready to jump off that train at full speed. Um, it was getting bad. And I uh, talked to my wife that evening, and I said, uh, you know, I got some thoughts going on in my head that, you know, it needs to, needs to change. And uh, so um, I, I went ahead and uh, went to the uh, VA hospital in Atlanta and, uh, and uh, got myself uh, on some better care. And, uh, and that was actually before I went to the, uh, the uh, Colorado trip as well.
0: Okay so you went to this course you went to the motorcycle relief project uh, I'm saying course uh, program that you went to how, how long were you there for
1: <laughs> Right So it's they did a a 5-day type uh, trip where uh, they take you out through the the back country of Colorado and uh at the end of the end of their trip um like at the end of the day they would uh, go through uh like a counseling type session they brought in some some really great guys and uh, uh teaches you some uh some real good techniques to deal with uh, PTSD, depression, and anxiety.
0: And when you came back, is that when the idea struck you that, Hey, I want to do this for somebody?
1: I did. Um, I wanted to help Tom out as, as much as possible. And, but it, it got to the point where I was so far away from him that there wasn't really a lot that I could do for him. And, uh, my family ended up moving from Tennessee up to Washington state and, uh, the community for adventure riding is so huge here compared to where i came from everybody was you know into harley riding and and uh and cruisers and stuff in tennessee and when i come up here i just kind of felt like i came in with open arms like people were just like hey come on in and especially with this program everybody has been so so great that they're saying i want to help i want to help i've got veterans telling me i want to be on this ride i want to help any way possible and that's honestly the way the way I was when I first started this, I wanted to do as much as I can. And, uh, Chet, (laughs) Chet told me one day, he's like, uh, he's like, Hey man, you you need to kind of slow it down a little bit and, uh, you know, give the reins off to other people. Let them take the, um, a lot of the uh, responsibility because you're going to burn yourself out. And, uh, luckily, luckily I got like Chet to help me out.
0: Well, now you've mentioned Chet a couple of times. We'll bring Chet in. Chet, welcome to Adventure Rider Radio. Thank you. Great to have you here. So, Chet, where do you fit in in all this?
3: Um, Well, a little background on me. Um, I joined the Army back in 1982. Uh, I wanted to get married and have kids at a young age, and um, I threw myself into the Army for 20 years and got to travel all over the place. And I got my uh, all-expense-paid tour to Saudi and Iraq, you know, back during the, the early days, so to speak. Um, retired in 2002 and kind of stuck with the Army for a while until I failed back surgery from a, you know, recurring injury in the Army. Uh, it kind of left me really disabled as well, uh, unable to do a full-time job. And luckily, I'd already started working for uh, Brett at Puget Sound Safety and uh, the off-road side of it as well as the street side and started making a lot of contacts, you know, networking, so to speak. And it, it left me with a lot of really good people out there. And uh, over the years, I've done different fundraising type stuff. So I've got these contacts and I've got this drive to be able to help out and help a young program grow. And, and that's, you know, what I'm looking at doing is helping veterans the best way that I can.
1: Morgan, how did you meet Chet? So um, we're uh, we're both part of this uh, this forum in Washington, actually the Pacific Northwest. It's the Pacific Northwest uh, Dual Sport Forum, I believe. Is that what it's called, Chet? Yep. Yeah. yeah, so um we're both part of that and I saw this last summer that um he was doing this uh backcountry discovery route ride and he did this thing this guy's a this guy's a beast him and this other guy uh named Brian. They both did this uh this route in you know something that would take you 2 to 3 days. He did it in 22 hours and 55 minutes. <laughs> crazy crazy. And uh what he was doing, he was raising money for the, uh, motorcycle relief project. And, uh, I just kept on seeing his face pop up over and over. And I was like, man, I need to give this guy contact because, uh, you know, if he's willing to, you know, help out with, uh, the motorcycle relief project, maybe I can see if I can get him on my team. And, uh, you know, luckily he got put in my, uh, in my doorstep because, uh, he's, he's, like I said, he's definitely helped out with a lot of sponsorships. And we've got, uh, a, a bunch of, bunch of sponsors right now that are really, really wanting to help out
0: veterans back 40 adventure is something that's going to be running. It has, you, you haven't got it completely up and running yet. It'll be ready for what this summer.
1: So, um, actually this last Friday I received the paperwork in the mail that were all cleared for our Washington side of the, uh, you know, the tax purposes and stuff. And, um, I guess we're just waiting on the government, you know, kind of takes a long time with them, but, uh, we're we're pretty much clear uh, in the clear to be doing fundraising and uh, and doing all these uh, these ventures. Re- right now, we're a self uh, funded nonprofit organization, and when it's all said and done, we're going to be an official for tax purposes through the government a, a 501c3 organization. You know, our main goal is to uh, is to take these veterans out. Um, we're going to pretty much wine and dine them. <laughs> we're going to take them out on dual sport motorcycles through the uh, Pacific Northwest backcountry. Uh, we're going to feed them, pay for the fuel. We're going to lodge them, and get them out there fishing and have a great time.
0: So, what's the deal? Does somebody have to come with their riding license already? How do you screen people?
1: You know, for um, for the technicality purposes of it, yeah, they definitely have to have a, a motorcycle endorsement. That's uh, that's just kind of more of a insurance issue for us that we'd prefer to. Everybody have uh motorcycle endorsements, uh, right now.
0: But do they have to be dual sport riders or can they just be motorcycle riders?
1: No. And that's, that's let, the great thing. S- yeah. Let, let
3: me step in a little bit. That's kind of where I come in. Uh, Brett's my mentor. He, he's, uh, given me so many tools in the motorcycle world that, uh, I like to be able to share that back as much as he shared with me. So the day one of the program, when we get people, there's going to be a, a bit of an assessment, but a bit of training as well. So, you know these, these guys and gals, they've, they've been riding, they say they've been cruiser riders, and they look at the, all these other places they pass. Um, the, the plan is to, to give them some skills and, and the tools so that we can go out there and uh, start tackling the uh, backcountry discovery route as we're doing this trip. So the, we're going to take them out and train them, um, put them to work and put them on the bike and show them what works and show them what doesn't. So that's where I, I start off the, the program with there. And how many days are you out? We'll be out five days total. Um, the, the first day will, will be the, the initial training, you know, the, the basics. Um, you know, Brett's talked about body positioning, uh, how does the weight affect, uh, say, traction and balance. What, what do we need to do so we can maximize the traction that we have? And then it'll be lessons of opportunities. We're out there on the trail riding, and I'll be intermingled from the front to the back and helping riders out, those that are starting to struggle a little bit, spend a little bit more time. And it's going to be a, a very leisurely type trip. We're not going out there for the, for the macho side of it. We're, we're going out there to enjoy what we have around us, not just what's in front of us, but what's around us to the left and to the right.
0: What is it about, if I, if I might go back to that original one, what is it about getting out there on the bike that really did it for you? Was there one thing?
1: Uh, you know, I, uh, growing up, I used to, I used to go back, uh, vacations as a kid and we used to travel out West and a lot of these places like these, these Indian reservations and stuff, you'd see these things from back in the day. Uh, something that really gets me with riding adventure bikes is, is it feels like I'm stepping back in time. You know, you're going to these places that, like I said previously, that you, you go places that people haven't stepped in in over a hundred years or so, maybe so. But um, it just, it's kind of almost like it's untouched and it's the, you know, it, it's the beauty of uh, Mother Nature.
0: Morgan, you'd mentioned that uh, in the program that you took, they had some counseling there for you. Are you going to do something similar with yours?
1: Um, I'm still on the uh, the works with that right now. Um, a lot of stuff that, that falls into the logistics stuff. Uh, to be honest with you, I think a lot of the, the self-healing is, is where dirt therapy comes into, into play. Um, I honestly believe dirt therapy is, is one of the best tools in your toolbox to use.
0: So this is going to run this year. What's your first date of your outing?
1: Okay, so the very first one that we're going to be putting on will be uh, July 15th through the 19th.
0: July 15th through 19th. Now, to get on this, if somebody wants to apply, is, is there still room?
1: No, definitely, yeah. We uh, you go to uh, our website, uh, click on apply. Uh, right now, you you got to be a veteran, and you just follow all the uh, the procedures on the application process.
0: Okay, and the website, um, Veterans Back Forty Adventure. Uh, the forty is four zero, not written out as a word. Um, so Correct. So
1: it's uh, four zero adventures.com.
0: Right now, you have more things coming up for this because you're also fundraising. You're looking for sponsors as well. You have a, a fundraising event coming up. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, I'll let Chet go ahead and take that.
3: Yeah, the, the first one we have coming up is in uh, March the twenty fourth through the twenty sixth. We're doing a uh, March Motor Madness Pacific Northwest. It's a Giants Giants type event, but we've run it the last couple of years as a as a fundraiser, um, nonprofit, and it's a miniature rally of sorts. The first rally of the year to to get everybody back in the groove. And uh, this year we secured a really cool location just outside of uh, Tahuya State Forest. And uh, it's a pretty low budget. It's $110 to get into it. We're going to feed you a few times, give you some good stuff to go ride and uh, some really good raffles and, and drawing type stuff. So that's our first big event that we have coming up. Uh, in, in the last couple of years, we've averaged about $3,000 total total of uh, money that's gone right to charity. So it's a pretty cool event. So that would be one that I would love to see people come out and do. How many people can you get to that? 75 is our cap. So get 75 people in there and, uh, you know, we kind of split stuff up as we're going through, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun.
0: And a great way to kick off the season. Like you said, March 24 to 26. That's perfect. The weather has to be half decent for you then.
3: Uh, well, it's a little bit wet. Um, yeah, but that's, so that's, fine. that's part of, the, <laughs> the, that's part of the, the the fun of it is, is getting muddy and getting out there and, and doing this kind of stuff. And, um, we've got three different rides that we set up so that you get to pick and choose what you want to do. We're going to have a, a gnarly ride. So we're going to go ride some of the the trails out of the state forest itself that uh, most people think are only dirt bike friendly. We're going to show them, nah, these big bikes can do it too. Um, we're going to have a scenic ride. We're just going to go out and maybe go around the Hood Canal and find some cool stuff. And then uh, we're going to go look for waterfalls and, and rushing rivers and uh, get out and do that kind of stuff. So... We haven't finalized the tracks yet, but we're putting them together and uh, getting up to see the old high steel bridge out by Browns Creek is pretty cool. And I just want to kind of put this out there. Um, You know, this isn't just for veterans with PTSD. Um, Everybody suffers from it in one sense or another. Some people are, you know, they've got the deep affliction and others. They just have things that's going on. So our idea is we want to get veterans together so that we can create a support group for veterans out there. They're, you know, the centered on motorcycles and, and a little bit of a dirt, as Morgan said, dirt therapy, um, a way to reach out and not have to worry about some of the other society type issues. And I hate to say this, but some civilians just don't quite understand some of the things that happens in the military. So create a support group so that we can get out there and ride beyond just a five day event. Part of the the end goal is just, hey, come on, guys, let's go ride so that we can go out there and we can talk freely about some stuff that might otherwise shock other people.
0: Chet, Morgan, thanks very much for coming on and telling us about it.
1: Hey, thank uh, you. Appreciate it. Well. Thanks.
0: I've been speaking with Morgan Northrup and Chet Mainwaring from Veterans Back 40 Adventure, and you can find out more about what they're doing and, and even possibly support them if you can. If there's anything you can do, I mean, I'm sure there's a, a lot of things they could use help with with an organization like this, and it's all for the, the good of helping other people and, and maybe even introducing some people into motorcycling. Their website is www.veteransback40adventure.com. Now, the 40 in Back 40 is a 40, so Veterans back40adventure.com. And of course, that link is in our show notes. USA is a motorcycle rental company based near Seattle, Washington. Uh, Tour USA is associated with PSSOR. And of course, you know that from Brett Tax from a rider skills course. Think Brett Tax, think Tour USA. So it's the perfect launching point for a West Coast trip to Canada, United States, or wherever you're going to go. The neat thing is, Tour USA bikes are all equipped with adventure travel protection so in other words they've got pelican panniers on there they've got skid plates they've got handlebar protectors all the things that you need for an adventure i mean these are adventure people think for attacks think tour usa of course now you can either go on your own trip you can just rent a bike and go off on your own trip or you can join one of their their courses that they put on one of the events they have they've got guides support vehicles the whole bit tour usa is there to help make your dream ride come true and you know the thing i like about this is you can fly out with your helmet and your jacket or whatever rent a bike go on a trip and then fly back home like it's really easy to have a nice vacation so www.tourusa.us that's www.tourusa.us and of course anytime you're talking to them let them know you heard them here on adventure rider radio IMS Products has a full line of foot pegs designed specifically for adventure riders like you. The ADV-1, the ADV-2 series pegs are of watershed design. And a larger peg makes leaning, pivoting from one turn to the next more efficient and offers you better control. I'm riding on these pegs now. Well, actually, it's snowing out, so I'm not really riding on them right now. We've had ice now for a couple of weeks, but that's another story. But I can tell you that a larger foot peg is a modification that you will feel and appreciate immediately it's not one of those things you stick on your bike and you just think well I I think it's doing something no you'll immediately notice it as soon as you get on your bike after you've exchanged the pegs IMS makes their pegs out of cast certified 17-4 stainless steel they're specially heat treated they're made in the USA they're very high quality pegs trip by their website at imsproducts.com that's www.imsproducts.com and of course let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio Next week, we're going to be starting a three-part series on custom fitting your bike the way it was meant to be. The series will feature Grant Johnson from Horizons Unlimited. And we're going to give you some knowledge that will get that custom fit that you deserve and require on your bike, regardless of the maker, model of bike you have. So, in preparation for that, today, we're going to talk with a fellow named Chris Olin. Chris is the owner and CEO of Rocks Speed Effects, and Rocks makes a unique handlebar riser called the Pivoting Bar Riser. Now, these caught my eye because... They're fully adjustable risers, allowing you to move the handlebars forward and back, as well as setting the bars higher up off your triple clamp, which in many cases is an integral part of fitting your bike correctly to your size.
2: My name is Chris Olin. I am the owner and CEO of Rocks Speed Effects Incorporated.
0: Chris, welcome to Adventure Rider Radio.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, Chris, as you know, the, the reason I, I'm talking to you today is because we're interested in your handlebar risers. But before we get into that, just tell us a little bit about Rocks.
2: Uh, Rocks is a company that's been around since 1999. Uh, the original uh, products that we came out with were related to the snowmobile industry. Uh, but one in particular product that we established early on was the pivoting handlebar risers, which we have a patent on that was basically designed originally to uh, turn the uh, snowmobile uh, ergonomics uh, into more of a motorcycle ergonomics. So you could stand up and ride a snowmobile similar fashion to a motorcycle. Really? That is interesting.
0: Yep. So now have they changed that with snowmobiles now? Or are their handlebars higher? Yep.
2: Yep. Uh, this, originally snowmobiles were designed for seated riding um, but uh, they transitioned in the late 90s, early 2000s to standing up uh, to ride because of the ergonomics of uh, being able to take jumps and bumps and, in the similar fashions as the motorcycles. And my cousin Rocky who started the company is uh, was 6 62. Um, and, uh, obviously as a six, two rider on a snowmobile, you, uh, you know, used to be where your knees would touch the handlebars cause you'd be seated. So wanted to transition that into being able to stand up and have more control over the sled, being able to put it into positions, uh, that you can't do from a seated, uh, position. So.
0: That's really interesting because, yeah, I guess back then, snowmobiles were, while well, they were smaller, they were narrower. They were set yep. up to sort of just sit on and buzz around. But now, I mean, it's incredible the stuff they're doing. I mean, same as everything, I guess.
2: Yep. But it's an yep. interesting
0: history, though. That, that's an interesting way to start. So when Rocky started that, was there no alternative?
2: No, there wasn't really. Um, again, originally, you know, there used to be steel posts. uh, um, with a flat plate, four bolt plates on the top of the steering stem and a handlebar setup. So, uh, the ergonomics of the pivoting riser were you able to raise the bar but also uh, position it forward or backward depending on your arm length and your torso height uh, or standing height. Uh, really gave you much more control over that. And then, of course, once we discovered or he discovered that that worked very well uh his father was uh intuitive enough that they decided they needed to patent the idea and uh, then of course uh being a snowmobile rider summer comes along and you you want to be able to continue the process of riding so atvs uh, like the old 400 EXs, where he took that same idea and applied it to the atv and now allowed him to be able to stand up and ride again much more uh, ergonomic uh, position for sport quad riding or actually motocross for atv riding and uh you know getting yourself in a, in what you'd call an attack position or a a comfortable position to uh take on the bumps and, and ruts and and stuff of the woods on an atv and again that, again that transfers over into the enduro motocross enduro riding uh, so taking a KLR, for example, that's been around forever and being able to raise those bars so that when you're standing on the foot pegs and uh, positioning that handlebar to your height and reach uh, had a big advantage. So we soon we soon discovered that he could transition that part, that pivoting riser, uh, into all seasons, so to speak.
0: So describe this pivoting riser that you have. Uh,
2: it's the pivoting riser... Uh, basically allows you to move the handlebars from its stock location on the top of the triple clamp uh, and raise that bar up, and uh, you can either do it in a vertical position or the uh, bar riser will uh, pivot forward uh, or backwards, kind of again, depending on the, the rider's reach, arm length, and torso length, and uh, allows them to place the handlebar exactly where they want it to be. You know, we all come in different shapes and sizes. We all have different uh, pant length, uh, arm lengths, and the pivoting riser really allows you to uh, customize the fit of the bike to the rider. So it's kind of the big advantage of that. The handlebar moves up to the top of the riser. The, uh, the boss of the pivoting riser goes into the triple clamp uh, stock position. Uh, it comes in various heights depending on, the type of vehicle that you're riding. Typically, we're in that two-inch position. The two-inch height is, is what's been most favorable to the uh, enduro adventure bike market.
0: So now, is this setup solid enough for real heavy use? I mean, you, you've got some added leverage there that you've increased uh, the leverage with the the height gain from the handlebars. Is it solid enough to handle all the abuse that it would take stock?
2: Yes, Yes, you'd be surprised. Um, It only takes about twenty-five foot-pounds of torque to to clamp those into position, and they don't and they do not move. Um, You know, kind of one of the misnomers out there is that, well, you know, pivoting in in people's minds uh, equates to movement. And uh, but the reality is, is that you know they stay pretty well locked in place. We've had. customer testimonials of uh, atvs rolling down a hill you know multiple times and the bars bent right over the to the fenders and the pivoting risers have stayed in place we've got testimonials from motorcycle adventure guys that have had them on their bikes and dropped the bike bent the handlebar but the risers stayed in place now i mean obviously everything in this world uh, nothing's uh, you know ultimately indestructible so i mean Things can happen, but typically uh, I rode uh, 1,800 miles across Patagonia with a set of uh, one and three quarter risers on I F 800 F800GS. Started out in Osorino, Chile, and all the way down to the tip of South America, and dropped the bike three four times and never had any issues, so they're pretty solid. The
0: intriguing thing about your setup that you have is the pivoting, because usually when you put handlebar risers in, it lifts your handlebars up, which is great. You get mm-hmm. that added stance, and you can even rock your handlebars back a little bit if you yep. wanted to, d- depending on what bars you have. But the real problem is that you run into, or one of the problems you run into when you put risers on, and in particular, you mentioned the F800. If you put risers on there, you're going to have contact with the handlebars likely into the windshield when you're making a full lock turn. So so that's one thing that you can avoid by being able to pull mm-hmm. the handlebars back. But it's it's also another thing that, and I haven't tried these, but w- what I find intriguing is the fact that it's so adjustable. It's like you totally customize the cockpit area for you, for your size. Like you said, different, different uh, inseam, different torso length, the whole bit. This gives you a lot of adjustability, a lot of area to go.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um... You know, we've um, been in, in this market uh, for a long time. I'm, I'm a bike guy by nature. I grew up on, on motorcycles, and it's, for me, uh, you know, it's always been kind of my thing. You know, Rocky, when he started the company, was more of a snowmobile-slash-ATV guy, but when I came in, uh, I came in with more of an adventure rider background, a uh, dearly explorer kind of guy, And and, you know, everybody knows that when you're doing tarmac, you know mile after mile after mile you know you're typically uh changing your position to find comfort and taking pressure off of uh your you know your shoulder blades and and off your wrists well the nice thing about the pivoting riser is that as you're in the seated position where you kind of find your sweet spot of sitting you can adjust the pivot the bar back towards you and then roll the handlebar as well so you have really two two functions of of, uh, of ergonomics there. And then what I do is once I find that sweet spot where I take the pressure off of my wrists, then I stand up and I find out where my, my comfort spot is standing up so that I'm not bent over forward. And my, and when I look down the trail, my head is cocked back where you're getting that uh, kind of that uh, crink in your neck. Well you find that sweet spot and then you lock them down and you leave them. And um, it's really the best of both worlds. Now there's some people out there that believe that you shouldn't change, you know the ergonomics or the pivot point and the swing of the triple clamps, um, because there is a there is a dynamic that will happen uh, that as the farther you move the handlebar back, the, the kind of the there's a, a change in the steering characteristics, and that's why we don't recommend on typical uh, adventure bikes. We never recommend going more than two inches and we never recommend pivoting back farther than a certain point because of the fact that you your handlebars will start to swing you know it's it's like the old uh, ape hanger on a harley bar you know the, the higher you go the farther back you the bar or the grips position the more the handlebar begins to swing around an access versus directly over the uh, pivot point of the triple clamps now you know the i guess the argument you know, I, I understand the argument, but typically what we do is really not much different than, say, uh, uh, changing the handlebar from a, from a stock OEM uh, fit to like a CR double high bar or a YZ bend. Or, you know, you're changing the sweeps of the handlebar, you're changing the heights of the handlebar. Um, you know, they're, they're, the whole idea is to find that comfort spot. Well, the idea of the pivoting riser is to, you know, take that one step further. You know, you're typically seeing guys, uh, you know, six two, six three guy may have that uh, pivoting riser ten to twenty degrees forward, of where he where he uh, is seated or standing because again of the height and reach that he has. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I just I'm not sure I understand how some people can say, you know, you shouldn't put risers on a motorcycle. Well. I guess I'm going to have to disagree with that from a perspective of ergonomics. We've got guys in the GS world, uh, GS Adventure, GS, uh, you know, the, the big bikes that swear when they come to the to the uh, events that man I can put another 100 to 150 miles on a day because of the fact that I'm I'm not leaned forward with pressure on my wrist and it takes all the pressures off my off my shoulder blades. So we've got. We've got testimonials of guys that are, you know, over six feet tall that say that, you know, as they're riding single track, they can uh, be in a more, up, a little more upright position where it allows them to take more abuse and uh, they can ride longer because they're not bent over. Now, the reality is, is you know, we all build muscles in places that were weak over time, but still being able to, to fit that bike to your body style and your riding style is just a uh, a huge advantage that you know that we've know has been proven, so whether it's in the a t v market or the snowmobile market or the motor adventure motorcycle market, which is kind of really where we're at nowadays in, in our business is uh, meeting the needs of the adventure rider crowd we've you know we've got ladies that ride uh, a lot of women adventure riders are out there now and in you know a lot of them are you know below five seven in height so again having that lady on say an F650 GS where typically you're you know put it into a forward position a Triumph 800 you know again kind of puts you in a forward position when you ride you're able to bring yourself back to a little bit more of an upright position where your your comfort and your sweet spots are we've got a lot of uh, women out there that really love the product just for that reason
0: And we talk about fit on this show a fair bit, uh, about getting your bike to fit you, because When you jump in to drive a car, for instance, one of the first things you're going to do is you're going to adjust your seat, you're going to probably adjust the steering wheel, and you're going to adjust your mirrors. It's like it's fitting the car to you as a a driver. And a a car is so easy, right, in comparison to a bike. With a bike, you want it tuned to you, and everyone is not the same size. I mean, it it certainly makes sense that some people are going to uh, use risers. But who would you say a riser would be applicable for? Is it only tall people, or is it anyone according to their fit?
2: No, I would say it's anyone according to their fit. You know, um, you know the reality is, is we all can get used to to a, a position on a motorcycle when we purchase it. But the reality is, is fitting it to your style, fitting it to your ergonomics, is really the key to what we do. And uh, and we've got testimony and offer testimonial that just say, thank you. You know, we pre- man, it's made such a big difference for me. You know, because um, you you can put them straight up if you want, but typically you have them slightly forward or slightly back. And again, it all depends on your ergonomics. You know, I just bought a African twin. I've had it for three, four, you know, probably three, four months. You know, and again, it's a very nice bike, very, you know, uh, very nice ergonomics. I changed the bars and put risers on for my fit. Again, block riser is a great opportunity as well. You know, doing a block riser for those people who just can't seem to get around the, the idea of a pivoting riser. Great. You know, it really comes down to. Fitting the bike to you, finding what works for you, and not being afraid to to change something from the OEM uh, standards. You know, don't be afraid to to adjust things, to change things, to find what fits for you. Um, and we don't have to just accept the fact that, well, that's how it's made. I can't do anything about it. I can't change it. Well, yes, you can. Obviously, there's mechanical uh, aptitudes involved here, where you need to make sure you always do things safe always do things in a way that uh, provides the most safety uh cable links is another example when you're anytime you're messing with risers you always need to pay attention to cable links and slack and and lock to lock turning of the handlebars to make sure your throttle is is uh, got plenty of slack and so there are safety functions uh in modifying your motorcycle that you do need to be aware of and we recommend that if people aren't mechanical, that they take the bike in and have it done by a professional. And we've got a number of dealers across the, the country that make the riser actually a part of the function of fitting the bike to their customers now. And that's been really nice.
0: How does someone tell which riser is for them?
2: Typically what I do is I tell people to, to sit on your bike, put your feet in the foot pegs, find kind of where you're... Your body is most comfortable to sit. If you're doing tarmac miles, long-haul miles on adventure bikes, kind of sit in, that, in the saddle, find your comfort spot, and then swing your arms up to where the handlebars are. Uh, as you swing your arms up and you're in your sweet spot, for, if you're going to be doing long-haul miles and the bars come up short of your hands, then you obviously want to bring the bars back to you. You know, Then stand on the bike with your hands on the bars. If you find that you're, you're bent over forward um, at a position where when you lift your head to look down the road or the trail or look forward and you're, you feel like you're, you really have to bend your neck to look f- ahead, then you're a candidate for a riser. If you're a, a smaller person who, again, uh, is sitting in a seated position, find your sweet spot where your foot feet over the pegs are on the pegs. Uh, swing your arms up, find out where that bar is. If it's coming up quite a bit short of, of where your comfort spot is, you're going to have, as you drive the bike, you're going to have pressure on the, uh, the wrists that, and that will eventually turn into uh, what I call the finger tingles or the, the shoulder blades begin to get that uh, tension that you end up riding with one hand to take pressure off your wrists and take pressure off your back. You know, you're know you switching back and forth. Uh, you're You're a candidate.
0: Because it changes everything, doesn't it? When you're, when you're leaning over to grab handlebars, your weight is shifted forward. As you said, your head, you can't tilt up or you've got to tilt your neck up hard to see. You tend to lean on the handlebars then because you're actually leaning forward. Whereas it sort of all changes if you get yourself set up right on the bike.
2: Exactly. You know, um, I don't know if this is going to be stretching this as uh, as an example or not, but you know, I've coached lacrosse and football and and one of the things you always tell the, you know, the best position to be in is the, is a position where your, your shoulders are over your, the balls of your feet and you're kind of slightly bent and you're ready to, to shift left, shift right, you know, you're ready to go forward, go backwards. Well, it's no different than a motorcycle. In a motorcycle, your, your best position is, is to have yourself situated where you can, be neutral to shift your weight left, shift your weight right, pull yourself forward, push yourself back uh, in a way that if something happens really quick, your front tire hits a rock and kicks out or you're, or you're you know coming up to a culvert or a, a washout or something, you're able to transition yourself and position yourself quickly to offset the, the movement of the bike. And if you already have position on your hand your wrists and your hands on your handlebars with your weight in a forward position, you're going to take things much harder than you would if you were neutrally positioned on the bike. But that's my opinion. You know, there's a hundred different ways to, to do things these days. And there's a lot of opinions out there. But I'm just going to tell you from my perspective and my experience, being in a, in a neutral position to take on anything that comes at you is the best position to be in.
0: Now, to determine which riser you want for your motorcycle, how does someone do that if they were going to order one?
2: find your bike on the fitment chart. Um, if you go onto the website, uh, there'll be on the top menu bar, you'll see, it'll say fitment chart, click on that. That takes you to uh motorcycle, uh, tab or an ATV tab or, or a, mo- or a snowmobile tab. But in this case, we're talking about motorcycles. Uh, once you get there, find the bike on the chart and then carry it across. It'll tell you whether or not that bike fits with no changes whether or not we have identified that you need cable extensions. Uh, Then if you carry it across even farther, it'll tell you which risers we recommend for that bike.
0: You said cable extensions. Do you sell cable extensions as well?
2: Uh, We do on some bikes, but what we recommend is that you go to like Spiegler or we go to um, Motion Pro. They do make extensions for the bikes that require it. We typically see... Uh, for example, on the F800 GS, we have a one three quarter riser, so you don't have to have cable extensions. But if you want to go higher, like to the two inch, you would need uh, the plus two brake uh, line extension for the front brake levers.
0: Wouldn't it be better just to replace the whole line? Like if you're talking about a throttle cable or a clutch cable?
2: Uh, you could, but in most cases you've got a, uh, the connection point is actually going to a uh, transfer block, so to speak, that's bolted right to the steering stem where the soft line bolts into the uh, transition block via banjo fitting, and then that turns to a hard line uh, down to other areas. Nowadays, you've got uh, anti-lock brakes on a lot of things, and you typically don't uh, want to have a customer cracking the lines on on their bike for the anti-lock setup we recommend they take their bike into their local dealer to if they feel like they need to change the line uh to take it into the dealer so it's properly bled uh, and assembled
0: Mm -hmm. and i guess one of the other advantages of using an extension is that if the cable breaks when you're on a trip somewhere you're just looking for a standard cable at least not for the extension part but for the main part which is likely the part that's going to break that's a standard cable easy to replace easy to find
2: yeah, typically the like the plus two on the GS, that is the, not just a two-inch extension. It's an actual full-length plus two-inch uh, OEM replacement. So that goes down to that transition block right by the triple clamps.
0: Chris, thank you very much.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on.
0: And that was Chris Olin, a CEO and owner of Rock Speed FX. And you can find out more about their risers And Of course, that link will be in our show notes. And the only other thing is I talked to Chris for a time after we did this interview and he just wanted to reiterate the fact that anytime you're modifying the bike, it sort of goes without saying, but anytime you're modifying the bike, you want to make sure that if you don't understand exactly what you're doing, if you don't have a real good handle on mechanics, you need to take it to somebody who knows what they're doing, especially when it gets. into touching your steering and brakes and all your cables and things like that so keep that in mind if you're thinking about putting a handlebar riser on or anything for that matter Arrow Stitch still runs the Ride More Guarantee, which is if you try any Arrow Stitch one-piece R3 or Road Crafter Classic riding suit for one month, and you're not riding more than you did before you received it, you can send it back and get a full refund, no questions asked. How can you ask for more than that? You, you, I mean, you have the chance to try the suit out, and they're so confident you're going to love it that they're going to give you your money back and not ask any questions if you don't like it. I'll tell you, I've been riding with the AD1 pants for a while. And if you get a chance, drop by their website, www.aerostitch.com forward slash ARR. And of course, that forward slash ARR lets them know you came from Adventure Rider Radio. It'll also get you 10% off your first order or if you're a repeat customer, free shipping on your next order. So keep that in mind when you're going there. The 81 pants, if you go through their jackets and pants section, you'll find the 81 pants. That's what I've been using for quite a while now. Really nice fit on the pants. And I still enjoy these pants. I've got a lot of miles on them already. They've kept me warm and dry through all the weather that I've ridden in with them. It says www.aerostitch.com forward slash ARR. And anytime you're dealing with them, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Well, you have to love the KLR650. I mean, really, even if you you don't own one, if you know anything about them, they're they're sort of a do-everything bike. Well, what's really cool is I used to have an 06, and I absolutely loved it. I would like to get another one. If you have one of the older ones, up to 07... You probably look at your fairing, which is very tiny and, and needs to be modified, and think you'd like to do something with it. There's a lot of modifications out there. But there's a company that is now making replacement fairings for them. It's called Obsessive Cycle Disorder. And they have a, a fairing. It, the guy's name is Sam Spitz, by the way. he um, he's came up with this for himself. He'd originally planned it for his own bike. He put so much work into it, he's decided to manufacture them and sell them. Durable, hand-laid, fiberglass, construction. It's made in the USA. It leaves your stock lights in there. It's a bolt-on modification. It's uh, no modifications to the bike. And he's saying it offers you superior wind protection for up to the 07 model. Very cool. And not a lot of money for it either. So if you're looking for a great way to modify your front end, I got to say, you know, with my 06, that was my one beef was that fairing I didn't just didn't like the look of the fairing and of course I didn't like the wind protection I got from it so this might be a solution for you it's called the RF-1 and I think Sam's got a really cool thing going on here his company is called obsessive cycle disorder and uh, you can get that www.klrfairings.com and of course let Sam know you heard him here on adventure rider radio Well, as I mentioned earlier, we've got a, starting next week, we've got a three-part series on custom fitting your bike the way it was meant to be coming up with Grant Johnson. And another thing we've got going on here is we're just about to put out the January episode of RAW for 2017. Now, if you haven't heard RAW, RAW is a a roundtable discussion with a a group of world travelers. And uh, they talk about all kinds of things to do with um, motorcycling and travel. There's all kinds of uh, information there and opinions shared with it. It's really great. We've been getting tons and tons of feedback. And and, uh, really, the the downloads have gone completely through the roof for it. It's called ARR RAW. And you can find it on our website, www.adventureriderradio.com. And you click on the RAW button. So the regular co-host for Raw, I'm hosting it. The co-hosts are Shirley Hardy-Ricks, Brian Ricks, Graham Field, Sam Manicom, and Grant Johnson. And it's funny, it's fun, and it's extremely informative because that group of people there have a lot of information to share. And it's it's really neat because everyone doesn't always agree. So you'll get these uh, conflicting opinions. Sometimes you'll get people agreeing. A lot of fun. On this episode that's coming out in a couple of days for January 2017, we also had a a guest on that, and that is Carl Parker, who is the publisher of ADV Moto Magazine. If you haven't seen that magazine, you definitely want to have a look at it. Um, Carl is also a traveler and he had lots of input for this episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Watch for it coming out in a few days and make sure you download it. Remember that it's a separate feed. So you have to subscribe separately. And let me just put one last thing out there for this episode, the veterans back 40 adventure. If you think you can help these guys out, you've got anything to add, maybe you can help with funding or maybe you, you're interested in sponsoring them, get a hold of them. It looks like they've got a really great thing going here. www.veteransback40adventure.com. Remember that 40 is four zero, and And see if you can give these guys a hand because what they're doing is they're taking people out and they're teaching them about motorcycling, using motorcycling for therapy. I mean, that is amazing stuff. And I really have to, to tip my hat to people who do that kind of work. Max BMW Motorcycles has been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. They've got 45,000 parts and accessories online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. And you can sign up for their e-rider newsletter too. It's free at maxbmw.com. That's maxbmw.com best Dress products is home of the cycle pump tire inflator tire iron bead breaker easy air tire gauge and other adventure motorcycle gear whether you're on the road or off the road you'll want a compact and reliable tire inflation method the cycle pump runs right off your bike's electrical system it'll inflate a flat tire in less than three minutes it's the one we use here at adventure rider radio made in the usa and it comes with a lifetime warranty The crew at Best Rest are adventure riders themselves, so they know what you want when you're exploring the world. Visit them at www.cyclepump.com. That's www.cyclepump.com. Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into motorcycle luggage using this unique strapping system, and it's easy to switch from one bike to another. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is all tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse of adventure riding. You've got to check out the buckles, the straps, the whole bit. www.greenchiliadv.com That's www.greenchiliadv.com listening to Green Chili reminds me I've been trying their Mondo UL straps. Very cool. I mean, these guys know how to sew straps. Anyway, that about wraps up this episode. And uh, we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to you, the listener, of course, and to our producer, Elizabeth Martin, on all the work she does In the background, in the shadows of Adventure Rider Radio, hey, if you like what we're doing and you want to help us out, it is built on a model of advertising and donations. So if you can drop by the website, click on the donate button, and send us a donation, we would be eternally grateful for sure. And anything $10 or over, we're going to send you a sticker. We've got these brand new stickers too, by the way. Very cool stickers. I'm excited about them. I don't know if you can tell. I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Get out there and ride your bike if you can. See you next week.